Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that you feel blessed by today's message from our lead pastor, Greg Fraser. Good morning, everyone. So we have a child dedication this morning. I'm going to invite up our family to come up and I'll introduce you to them. Why don't you give them a hand? And so this morning I'm going to share about the significance of baby dedication, what it is, why is it so important, why are we doing this? And then we'll have the parents make a commitment, and then we'll have the church family make a commitment, and then we'll close in prayer. So, come on, I'll move over. This is Shelby and Cam, and their son Sawyer that they're dedicating, and their daughter Harper. Hi, Harper. Good morning. <laughs> and so what, what is baby dedication? Why do we do it? Well, we wholeheartedly believe that children are a gift from God. Amen? They are. And so with that gift, it comes a stewardship of, of joy, but also responsibility. And so God's role in the lives of parents and children is essential. The Bible says in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen watch in vain. And so we need the Lord to help us raise children. We need the Lord to be the one watching over these children. Scripture offers an example of dedicating children. In 1 Samuel, it says, um, there's a woman named Hannah, and she vowed to God, Lord, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him to you. And so the Lord honored her request, and she kept her vow, and she dedicated Samuel. This is in 1 Samuel, it says, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And so we are recognizing that these children belong to the Lord and we entrust him with their lives every single day. And so as Christian parents, by dedicating to the Lord, you're acknowledging your need for God in your family. You're inviting God to be active in your family life. You're submitting your own desires for your children to what God's desires are for your children. And you're making a commitment to raise them God's way. Some of the responsibilities the Lord entrusted to parents is uh, praying for them. That's in Deuteronomy. Instructing them in the way of the Lord. That's in Proverbs. Setting a godly example. And so as you dedicate your children to the Lord, you know, you're actually dedicating yourselves too to be a godly example so that these children understand what it is to love the Lord. And you're also not alone in this commitment. Your family is here for you too. Your church family is here for you. And child dedication is done before the church because there will be leaders and helpers who come alongside you guys in your life. And, and maybe even some of you are friends with these, this couple. And so you have the opportunity to encourage, to pray for this family. And best of all, you have the Heavenly Father. And he is the best father that we'll ever have. And so he will give you the strength and encouragement that you need. And so by coming up here, you're publicly say, saying that you're raising your children in a God-honoring way. And so if you're willing to make this commitment today, I'm going to ask you some questions, some promises, and then at the end I'll have you say we do. So do you recognize that your children are a gift from the Lord and a blessing? Do you promise to pray for your children on a regular basis and recognize that it is only with God's hand that these children are blessed? Do you promise that you will raise your child in a home that loves the Lord? 
and set a godly example by always looking to God for strength, for wisdom and guidance? And do you ask for God's blessing on this child's life to guide and guard and direct them all their years? If you didn't hear that, they said we do. Okay, now church family, your role is also very important. Your role in the act of child dedication, like I said, many of you might become friends with this family. And so maybe even in the course of kids ministry and volunteering, you'll have the opportunity to influence these kids, to be a part of their life. And so I'm gonna ask you to make a commitment today. Do you commit this day to be faithful in your calling as members of this church, to help these parents to be faithful to God and to teach them to train these children in the way that they should go. And if you accept this responsibility, please say, we do. Awesome. All right, I'm gonna invite um, Kathy to come on up. She's gonna anoint this family and pray over them. And you're, if you're extended family members, you can come on up too. And so anointing oil in the Bible is a simply a representation of the Holy Spirit. And we know these parents are gonna need help raising their kids. So they're gonna be anointed and prayed for. Thank you, Kathy. Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful gift of Sawyer. We thank you for these parents, Lord, that are willing to trust you with his life for Cam and Shelby. And Lord, even little Harper. And Father, as um, Stacy was speaking, it just confirmed what you said to me is that Cam and Shelby, you need to have in your heart continually the thought that we need the Lord. We need him for everything, but especially for raising up little ones in this world and not to be afraid because he's close at hand and he'll be with you, but you need to know that you need him. So Father, we just thank you for this family. We thank you for Sawyer, Lord. I just pray, Lord, we don't understand how John the Baptist, even in the womb, was filled with your Holy Spirit, but I, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be with Sawyer from today forward, all of his life, Lord, leading him, guiding him, protecting him. Lord, just surrounding him that he would know your presence from a young age. And Lord, I just pray for wisdom and guidance for Cam and Shelby. Lord, that they would always be united because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to come into Sawyer's life, into this family, Lord, being with them, providing everything they need, both physically, financially, spiritually, all the wisdom, Father. And we give you thanks for them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, why don't you give this family a hand? Precious Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you today for this little life that has been given to this family. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will just minister in his life. I pray that you will bless him with health and strength. 
Lord, I pray that you will just use him for your honor and your glory. Let your Holy Spirit be upon him, Lord, all the days of his life. Father, I pray for the family today. I pray for the husband and wife, and I ask, Lord, that you would just help these parents, Lord, in raising this child for you. Lord, we pray that you will give them wisdom and direction. Your word tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. So, Lord, I just pray that you will bless Noah, Lord, and that he will turn to you when he is at, of age, Lord, and that you will just guide and direct his life. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, why don't we give this couple a hand? All right, and we have a gift for you. I know Noah's going to be a prayer. He just wanted to pray the whole time, so he's going to be a prayer. This gift is for you. So this chair was made by someone in our family that just wanted to bless you guys and celebrate the dedication. All right, why don't you guys give them a hand? Pastor Greg. Pastor Greg is going to come up and share about baptism. Amen. Well, baptism is another way in which we celebrate the growth in the church. And this strange event that you're about to witness some people be dunked in water, and, but there's great symbolism here, and it's really celebrating something that has already occurred in these people's lives. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 says this, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised into new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. See, water baptism symbolizes that the believer has trusted Christ in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And so really, that's the symbolism that we're seeing today in the, in the baptism of this tank right now. It's like going down represents letting go of the old life, and coming up out of the water is the resurrected life. And so this is what we're really learning and celebrating today. It signifies the forgiveness, the cleansing of past sins through faith in Jesus Christ, the belief in the good news of God's forgiveness and mercy and life flowing in your life, but it's also a celebration of entrance into the community of faith. You're becoming part of the family of God and you're celebrating that by this public declaration. The Bible's very clear that when we make a, a choice to follow Jesus, we go into this thing called baptism to signify to everybody else around us what is going on. What we're going to find out today, we're actually in the book of Acts in our church, and it's, uh, God is kind of comical this way. We're in Acts chapter 19 in our study, and Acts chapter 19 actually talks about baptism. So we're going to talk about that after, and what we're going to find out is that the baptism in water is actually one of three baptisms that the scriptures talk about. It's actually only one baptism, but it has three stages. 
And we're going to talk about those baptisms today and how they affect the lives of the people that you're going to be uh, having celebrating this baptism moment, but it's also how it might affect your life as well. Well, we're going to invite Pastor Peter to come now and to lead our candidates through the baptism waters, and I'll come back and explain about those three baptisms. Pastor Peter, come on. I'm going to invite up our first uh, baptism candidate, Keenan. Keenan Miris, come on up. Give him a hand. Awesome. And what's so special about this journey is Keenan recently uh, saw his mom being baptized, and he was here to hear her testimony and just has been uh, so powerfully influenced by his mom and her journey of faith. And so it's pretty special that you're following. So that's awesome, Keenan. All right. Well, uh, Keenan, why don't you tell us what your life was like before you gave your life to Jesus? Uh, my life was good, but it wasn't too great yet. I always felt like I was missing or still chasing something. I always tried to be the best at everything I could, except reading. I didn't really like it. I got the best grades in math and science and is even top of the class sometimes. I was an excellent hockey player who still plays today, an all-around athlete and sports fan. Like I said, good, but not great yet. Awesome. And since coming into that life-giving relationship with God and receiving Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, what's changed and what is God teaching you? Um, so many things have happened. I actually wake up with a smile on my face now. Life as a young man is very difficult, and most days I didn't want to get out of bed or leave the house. The longer I did, the worse my anxiety got. <clears throat> I had insomnia, and I was always tired. I was so tired at only 19 years of age, I was, it was terrifying. That's when God saved me. I could feel his presence through the Holy Spirit. It would be a hot outside, and I would still get the chills. That was God telling me that I had to change, or I would stay like this the rest of my life. And so if there are others in the room today, Keenan, that, you know, have struggled with mental health or just sickness or those kinds of things, what would you say to encourage them based on what God has done in your life? Yeah, of course. Um, honestly, you just have to take the risk. No risk, no reward. You're going to fall. It's how you grow. But it's important that you get up every single time and not quit. I had nothing to lose but everything to win. That flipped the switch inside me where I was like, okay, watch this. If you're losing motivation, just remember why you started. I felt like a black sheep, meaning I was placed here to break the generational patterns that was cursed upon my family. My oddness is what made me great. My journey will be much more difficult, meaning I will go through trials and tribulations that will break me down and force me to rebuild even stronger. Sometimes my own family being the greatest obstacle but I kept my head high knowing that my breakthrough is on the horizon. Amen. Awesome. Hey, do you have a favorite Bible verse that you would share with the church family? Uh, yeah, my favorite verse is John 13, verse 7. What I am doing to you now, what I am doing you do not understand now, but after you will understand. This stands out to me because I lived this verse. The enemy broke me down so many times, but now I finally understand it was for a reason, to build me into the man I am today. Relationships will fail, friends will be lost, hobbies will be lost interests, 
For me, graduating during the start of COVID was very hard. It killed me that I wouldn't get to have a normal grad, but I still didn't let that stop me. I pushed through the school year and ended up celebrating with friends. That's all that matters to me in life now. Family, friends, and God will always be there for you no matter what. Um, and on a last last note to end, uh, it's June's mental June's Men's Mental Health Month, and I'm guessing not many people are going to talk about it, so I am. From one brother to another, I appreciate you and hope you're doing okay. I've struggled with mental health the past couple years, being diagnosed with bipolar, but with the grace of God, He has helped me through it. Through all the mental hospital visits and scary situations, God saved me, and He can save you too. All right. Amen. Hey, isn't that a testimony to the power of God that when you have somebody who's struggled with mental health and anxiety and they come up and just boldly give a testimony like that, God's real. He, he helps people. Amen. Come on into the tub, buddy. Come on in. Amen. And for anyone in the room that says, hey, I feel like a black sheep, it's amazing how much we hear that during testimonies. You know, I don't feel like a black sheep, but God searches out the one, doesn't he, every time. Hallelujah. Well, Kenan, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Amen. Upon confession of your faith, Kenan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. Amen. A special moment with mom giving him the towel. Amen. Pretty amazing. All right. Tracy, where are you at? Everybody give Tracy a hand as she comes. Awesome. <laughs> Amen. Hey, everyone. Want to know something really cool? Tracy got married this weekend as well. And so, <laughs> in every baptism class, I say that baptism is like marriage. You know, you're, you're coming up on stage during your baptism. You're saying your vows to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are one with him. You're taking his name. You're a Christian now. Pretty special that that happened on the same weekend, hey? All right, you ready? Feeling good? Yeah, go for it. Good morning. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. Um, my name is Tracy. Um, over the last 60 years, God has been revealing himself to me in the worst of times and the best of times. I didn't think I needed to be baptized again, but God had a different plan for me. It took a while, but I finally got it. It was time to surrender, time to put God first, Time to welcome a relationship with my Heavenly Father. 
I was blessed to have a mother who went to church every Sunday, so I've known about God as far back as I can remember. I was baptized at a few weeks old, received the sacrament of communion and confirmation, and became an altar server, which was a pretty big deal to this little girl. I knew much God would be pleased with me. My earthly father was an alcoholic who did not attend church, and I always tried to be that good little girl around him. I never felt safe, but felt a little bit safer if I didn't talk too much. I never felt worthy, but felt a little bit more significant when my older sister got in trouble and not me. And I never felt secure in who I was. And I became a people pleaser. I was trying to please people. The more broken I was becoming, the more I was trying to please people, which, which was so ironic, because I often think I, I could fix other people. As a child, I had an unhealthy fear of the Heavenly Father. I would confess my sins directly to the Virgin Mary. Surely Jesus' mom would pass them on. And I couldn't tell the priest all my sins because if I wasn't good enough, I couldn't be an altar server. I continued to pray directly to the Virgin Mary for many, many years. By the time I had started grade nine, my mom had left the family home, and my older sister had left when I started grade 11. Um, I still attended church every week. And then about when I was 20, <laughs> I had a baby. A year later, married an airborne soldier who partied a bit too much, did not attend church, did not believe in Jesus. But hey, I was going to fix all that. It didn't take long before I found myself divorced with two small sons to raise alone. But God had blessed me immensely over the next 11 years with my family, a secure job, a house, a car, great friends. Yeah, everything was perfect looking in. Um, but I was struggling with lies I had been told and I had believed about myself. Eventually, my oldest son joined the military and my youngest son moved away to university. I was 45 when my father passed away. Our relationship had been rocky over the years, and I'd, I'd seen him a handful of times over about 25 years. I went to see him the week before he died. Hey, we're back. We're good. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your patience, everybody. We'll just enjoy the blinding lights. <laughs> Are we okay, David? Okay. Uh, yeah, so my father had passed, and I went to see him. Uh, the week before he, he passed. Um, our relationship had been rocky. Um, I went, to, I'm sorry. <laughs> I went to see him the week before he died and I was bringing up the past. I was looking for an apology. I was looking for some kind of acknowledgement that he wasn't the loving, supportive father he should have been. But I never did get that apology but I got something better. 
the Holy Spirit had filled my heart with grace and I forgave my father. I didn't know it then, but I needed to forgive him to truly begin to heal. Looking back, it was like God had regularly, a lot, been knocking at my heart for some kind of relationship. But what kind of relationship could I have with God? What, what did that even look like? Three, year late, three years later, I completely stopped praying to Mary. My life was spiraling, and it was time to talk directly to God. My youngest son, Kevin, was diagnosed with late stages of cancer, and my oldest son was on a second tour in Afghanistan. My desperate prayers to God consisted of negotiating, asking what I did wrong, making deals, and if I'm being honest, I made a bunch of promises I couldn't keep. I was angry, frustrated, confused. Was God even listening to me? Where was he? I was about to find out. One night, after a particular difficult day, I asked God to take me. I was so tired. I had many restless nights before this night, and I didn't want to do life anymore. My oldest was still in Afghanistan, my youngest in palliative care. I don't know how long it was after I closed my eyes, but I felt something travel through my body, and it was surreal. The only way I can describe it would be like a soft fault of electricity. I didn't know if it was a dream or if I was awake, but I thought maybe this is what it feels like when you die. Um, but I didn't die. <laughs> I fell into a deep sleep for the first time in a long time, and when I woke up, I had an incredible sense of renewed strength, and I knew, without a doubt, God did not abandon me. He would carry me through this very difficult time. A few days later, my son Kevin was medically put into a coma, and the doctors advised that his heart was still quite strong, and he could possibly live for another three, six, nine weeks. They didn't know. But God knew. The very next day, while I was at Kevin's bedside, Kevin opened his eyes, and he took his last breath. God had called him home. God didn't always give me what I wanted, but he always, always gave me what I needed. And it wasn't because I tried so hard to be that good little girl so many years ago. Ephesians 2, 2, 8, 10. And when I first heard this, I just thought it was frightening for me. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us, us new in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus so, so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. <laughs> Almost done. <laughs> Thank you. In 2021, my spiritual, spiritual journey led me to the Father's house. From the powerful, overwhelming Sunday teachings, the glorifying worship, the fellowship at care groups, Bible studies, volunteering, this has all played a big role in my journey today to become baptized. I also must mention my husband, Mitch, who God put in my life to hold hands with on this journey. 
God has been so good, so gentle, so patient with me. It took me a lot of years, but it was finally becoming crystal clear. There was more to God than just knowing and believing. I needed to surrender and start nurturing and growing that beautiful relationship he wants with all of his children. I rejoice in the awareness of where God has always been in my life and where he still is every minute of my day. I still have my struggles, but the difference is I can finally say I am safe. I am secure. I am significant. <laughs> I am a child of God when I'm at my best. I'm a child of God at my worst. And I'm here today to say goodbye to my old life. Welcome the new, and the glory is all yours, God. That's a testimony. Amen. Wow. I couldn't help but think of the scripture where God says, are you tired? Jesus says, are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me and I will give you a real rest. I will not put anything ill-fitting on you. I just feel that's such a significant part of your story, Tracy. Come on in. Amen. Enjoying the love and the grace of God as his daughter. Amen. All right. There you go. All right, Tracy. Well, have you believed in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Amen. Upon confession of your faith, Tracy, and your powerful testimony, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. Jason, come on up, Jason. Give him a hand as he comes. All right. Okay, this is Jason Olohu. I think, I don't know if I said your last name, but just nod. Yeah, I really tried, so okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jason, why don't you share your testimony with us? First question I have for you is, what was your life like before you gave your life to God? Um, I was actually born in a Christian family in Nigeria before we moved to Canada. I went to church with my mom and dad. My dad taught me how to read the Bible, and I enjoy reading it. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, and so since coming into just a deeper relationship with Jesus, um, what's changed, and what's he been teaching you, Jason? Um, he's been teaching me patience, how to grow in faith with him, and to love others as I love myself. Awesome. Yeah. So if you were cheering on everyone else in the room, how can they experience what you've experienced in a relationship with God? Um, we could share the Gospels with others who have not turned to him. Yeah, sharing your faith, great answer. 
And then lastly, uh, do you have a favorite Bible verse to share with us? Yes, Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and ye shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Amen. I'd say he did pretty good, hey? All right, let's go baptize you, Jason. All right, come on in. And what a joy to get to know this family since moving here. And we love having you in our church family, Jason. Amen. All right, well, Jason, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Upon confession of your faith, Jason, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. Amen. All right. Okay, we're going to uh, invite up Peyton Wood and his mom, Kimberly, to come. Come on up. All right. Amen. Well, you know what? I could tell in the baptism class, Peyton was so excited to be baptized. And I can tell his heart was in such a great place. This is a big moment for him. He's asked mom uh, to help him. Oh, you want to give it a go? Yes. Come on, buddy. Awesome. All right. Go for it. Um, the summer before grade three, I attended Camp Nakaman. During a fireside bonfire, I gave my life to Christ and invited him into my heart. I started walking a journey therefore, thereafter getting into... Getting to, getting to know him and what that meant. Then in grade four in September of 2020, the pandemic was here and everything started to change in my life. By March of 2021, I had become very unhappy and felt depressed a lot of the time. It was during this time that I first expressed feelings of self-harm to my parents and my teacher. I didn't quite know it at the time, how to express it, but with the help of an amazing teacher, Madame Lassard, and she helped me navigate those feelings. In fall of 2021, I started a new school at Four Winds Middle School, but remained, but remained in the same French immersion class with all the same friends from elementary school. This was a difficult year, and I didn't have the same supportive teacher this time to help me navigate my feelings. It, it came to a head in the spring when I couldn't handle those feelings anymore. The school didn't help me and they didn't follow through on any of the commitments they made to support me. Again, I came to a place where I was expressing thoughts of self-harm. This challenging time resulted in me leaving school for the remaining month of the school year. The next year, we briefly tried homeschooling before settling, um, before settling on trying out um, the Catholic GHP Middle School. It has helped a lot because I now have all the support I need. And throughout all of this, God helped me navigate the waters. My dad was always there to talk and listen to my bad days. 
showing me God's love through his love. My mom would often pray with me, helping guide me when I couldn't guide myself. In February of this year, my sister bap got baptized, which really inspired me to take the next step with God. Yeah. During worship at the end of the service, I felt compelled to make the leap forward to be baptized. I already know that I have Jesus in my heart, but this is the next step of faith in my journey. Peter. Peyton, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you for sharing what you shared, buddy. We want to pray that God will just so fill you right now that these thoughts will never enter your heart again. Yes, amen. Amen? And you know, listen, you represent a whole bunch of young people right now that feel this way. So I'm so thankful for being so brave that you were in sharing this. Let's pray, church family. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bless Peyton, Father, and everyone that he represents, Lord, of these beautiful young people, Lord. God, may none of them be harmed or lost, Lord, but may they find their way home to you, God. Bless mom and dad, Lord. Give them peace, Lord, and we pray for every youth. God, that the power of the Holy Spirit will surround them and keep them, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And from this day forward, God, may this young man be a champion, Lord, of life and hope and peace and grace and power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Good job, buddy. Good job. Amen. Church, I want you to know how powerful that was. Because before the service, Peyton was saying, I don't know if I can share. I need my mom. I need my mom to come and, and she can share on my behalf. And so for him to come up on stage and say, I can do it right now. That's pretty amazing. And what a story. What a testimony, Peyton. Amen. All right. Well, Peyton Wood, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Upon confession of your faith, Peyton, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. All right. Well, we're going to pass it off to Pastor Matty Coppin, and he's going to baptize Colin. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see everybody here today. And it's just an absolute honor and a privilege for me to introduce you to my good mate, Colin. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Many of you know that um, for several years, my wife and I were out in Bonacord and um, 
doing the best we could to just see where, what God was doing in the community and just joining in with him. And we spent some time in the local high school and began to run a bit of an after-school drop-in for the young people to come and hang out. And through that, God just gave us these really cool connections with a lot of our young people out in Bonacord. And one of those connections was this awesome dude. And uh, I'm just so proud of you today, mate. I really am. And I know this has been quite a journey through some challenging times. Um, but I'm going to ask him a quick question. How, how did you find your way out to Bonacord, mate? Like, what was it that brought you to Bonacord to come and connect with us? I uh, heard a couple of buddies were going to the uh, uh, youth group after school, so I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. Why not? Pretty straightforward. Uh, we had <laughs> pop and chips and all kinds of stuff, and uh, then we met Colin. And so Colin's been on quite a significant journey attending Alpha and... Um, just digging right in, and it was just nice to, to have a relationship with Colin. I'm just uh, so grateful for today. So I've just got two simple questions for you today, mate, and you've written it out. So would you share with us today, why is it that you're making the decision to be baptized today at the Father's house, mate? From a young age, uh, as a family, we'd always go to church every Sunday. I was still a bit confused in what church is and, and what God is. But that all changed when I started going to the uh, youth group at the Father's House Church in Bonacord. That's when I met this great man, Pastor Matty. <laughs> uh, he showed me what uh, God was and how big the uh, church community is. What I recommend to the uh, people, like if you don't go to church that often, like you're a bit confused about it, just try it, go do it. It's changed your life, changed mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a favorite Bible verse, but uh, I was looking some up and this one caught my eye. Uh, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you, Ephesians 4.32. Fantastic, give him a round of applause. We're gonna go over to the baptism tank, mate, and we'll get you in. It's nice to have Colin's family here um, to celebrate too as well and uh, great to see you guys. Thanks for coming and you're a big lad, mate. Hopefully you fit in this thing. Holy moly. It's going to be tidal waves after I put you down, mate. <laughs> hey? Awesome, buddy. Well, one of the things I can confidently say though, guys, before I ask Colin a question is that, Colin, like I have witnessed um, Christ's life in you, so there was no hesitation for me when I was invited to come to to do this baptism to me this isn't route this is this has been life together and so for me before the church family church family i can confidently say that colin has been on a significant journey to make his life glorify god and it's I, i'm really proud of you mate i just want to make that public and let you know that uh god be with you as you as you go forward from this time all right so, mate, based on your confession that I have witnessed and I have seen at work in your life, I now can baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, burying the old and raising you to new life. Well, I told you there were three baptisms church let me read to you though first in ephesians chapter 4 it says there's one body one spirit you were called to one hope when you were called one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and in all and through all 
Well, I, I said that these baptisms come in three stages. This one baptism, the scriptures describe it as three different things. And it's important for you to grasp that because God is doing something unique in every one of these stages of this baptism. And so we're going to look at this story from Acts chapter 19 that helps explain this. Here it is. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not heard there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So this is the first baptism, the first stage of baptism, the baptism in water. And so John's baptism is talking about John the Baptist. And if you don't know his story, he was this, you know, radical uh, guy who was sent by God as the forerunner to Jesus, and he came preaching a message of repentance, which is not a, a terrifying message. It's a message of saying, turn from trusting in yourself and turn to trusting in God. And so this is what he was, the call of John the Baptist. Now remember, he, this guy, if you don't know, he, again, was very radical. He wore a camel hair suit. He ate locusts and honey, and he had a, took a vow called the Nazarite vow. The guy never cut his hair, shaved his beard, nothing for his entire life. Can you imagine the afro on this guy? Like, I mean, and when he's telling you something, you're like, wow. He's, getting, he's got a huge radar antenna. It's like a satellite dish of a head. And uh, he's picking up some stuff from God. We better listen to him, okay? So <laughs> that's not scriptural. That's just Pastor Greg telling you that story. Okay, so John's calling people to be baptized and that to need, they need the forgiveness of God. And this washing of the word, this was what he was preaching was going on when you went under the water, you were being washed and cleansed from your sin. And not, but this, this understanding was the Old Testament understanding and so the problem with it, God describes it as that a sacrifice for sin in that sense could never wash you clean of sin. The problem with, with Greg Fraser and every other human being under the old covenant was that, sure, I could get baptized and cleansed of my sin, but the minute I got out of the water, within 15 minutes, I was probably doing something else wrong. Anybody else ever been in that situation? You're like, God, I'm sorry, but uh, this, you know, oh, 10 minutes later, I'm right back where I was. And so this is the challenge, and so this is why Paul says, guys, the, you know, when we understand the problem in my life, and this is an important statement for our world today, the problem for my life is not my parents. The problem in my life is not my government. The problem in my life is not even my pastor. The problem in my life is me. And unfortunately, if I'm left to myself, I just keep kind of repeating the same problem. 
You know, it's like get cleaned up, then get dirty again, then get cleaned up, then get dirty again. It's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and there's no life there. And so this is what Paul was saying to these guys who said, I re we received the baptism of John. He's saying, guys, John was talking about the one coming after him. That's where you need to place your faith. And so not only does Christ come and forgive us of our sins, but he actually puts a brand new nature within us and brings us into the family of God. He breaks the pattern of sin. Because the pattern of sin, why it's so powerful, is it's based on me. And I keep repeating the same mistakes. So Christ had to come in and change me to make a new pattern. Does that make sense? Well, we'll get there in a minute. Let me read this scripture from Romans chapter 8. So don't you see that you don't owe that old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing you can do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are, Father and children. And so we see in if we read the Bible, we begin to understand why this baptism thing is so significant, why I need to invite Christ into my life, why I need to say, God, forgive me of trying to live life on my own. Come and live in me and dwell in me, God, and help me to live this life. Because 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that we're new creations. The old is gone. The new is here. God deals with us now on, not on the basis of sin, he deals with us on the basis of our relationship with Jesus. How many of you know that's good news? Because Christ is perfect, you guys. And the Bible says that now you are in Christ and you are a new creature. It's why you need to be born again. It's why you need to ask God to forgive your sins like these candidates did today. Remember Tracy was telling us, I, I tried to do my own. I thought I could be a good girl. I thought I could work so hard to please God, but it never worked until she came to a place of trusting God. Amen? And God took over from that point. You know, God has given us the right, it tells us in John chapter 1, verse 12, to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, like the beautiful baby that we dedicated today. Amen? Not born of natural descent, but we have to be born of spiritual descent. And that's what it means to be born again. Well, you say, Pastor Greg, how are our sins forgiven? How are we made new? How does this new relationship with God come? Well, you need to understand this is how it's paid for. Now, sin is not just forgiven. This is critical. Sin is actually paid for. The debt had to be paid. And that's what the cross of Jesus Christ was all about. That my sin and your sin, Jesus said, I'll take your place and I'll pay your debt. 
and then in exchange, I'll give you my place before God. And his place before God was that he was the spotless lamb of God without sin. And so you've, been, you've gone through the great exchange. This is water baptism. It's the symbolism of not only asking God to take your place, to forgive your sin, but then to resurrect you into a new life in Christ. It's all about a relationship with him. Isn't that an amazing thing? Amen? So this is what the baptism of water is about. Salvation from sin and adoption into the family of God. Well, I told you there was three stages to this baptism, didn't I? Let me talk about stage two. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Well, this is the second stage of the baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Powerful. This baptism in the Holy Spirit is about purpose, passion, and power. Well, purpose is what are we doing? What are we doing? So there's 120 believers in the old church when it first got started, and they're hiding in an upper room, the Bible says, and they're praying, and God told them to wait for the, the, the gift my father promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit. They had no clue what was about to happen. They're in there praying, 120 of them, and suddenly the Bible records, and you can read this in Acts chapter 2, that the Holy Spirit, like a wind, comes blowing into this room, and tongues of fire come to rest on every single person, and the Bible says they begin to speak in other tongues. And in the story, they're speaking in the known languages of people all over the world. Now, why that's significant in that story is there was a huge festival happening in Jerusalem that week, and in that festival, there was people gathered from all over the known world, and suddenly they heard the mysteries of God being declared in their own language. And they're like, what's going on? It's eight in the morning. Are these people drunk? They came out, the joy of the Lord is so strong on them. They think they're drunk, but they're not drunk. And they're proclaiming the glory of God in all these known languages. And, and there's 15 languages listed in, in the book of Acts chapter 2. And they're like, what's going on? And then Peter begins to preach under this anointing and tells them the good news of Jesus Christ. And the power of purpose begins to change in life. Why is that significant? When you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is in that part of that baptism, what happens is a directional shift occurs. Churches often that operate outside, even people that operate outside of that second level of baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, are very inward focused. You see, ever, ever been there? Ever tried to like, you've got to take care of us, we've got to look at us, us very self-centered still? But the minute the power of the Holy Spirit hits the church, they move outward. Okay, and that's a powerful thing, you guys. They, see, in the upper room, they're centric. They're pointed in. But the moment the Holy Spirit fills them as part of this baptism, they become radic and they push out. Now, why is that a great, great story? Well, can you imagine if a church, we're, we're a church of about 500 now. Can you imagine if 
3,000 people were added to this church in one sermon. Right now, people watching online, there's 3,000 of them, and they're like, I'm going to that church. And next week you show up, there's 3,120 people in here. That's what happened. <laughs> it's incredible. You know, they, they begin to pick up the purpose of their founder and their leader. You see, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came from heaven, and this was his mission statement. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so Christ, his whole mandate, his whole mission, his whole compelling purpose was, I'm looking at lost sheep and I want them to find their way home. Amen? And so you and I, God is saying, guys, it's great that you're saved now. It's great that you're part of the family of God. This is the water baptism, but now you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you become a reflection of your Savior. And you look at people differently and you say, man, there's a God who loves you. There's a God who's for you. And there's a God who wants to have a relationship with you. Come on home. You're my brother. You're my sister. I love you. Whoo! Isn't that good news? I mean, come on. So we get a purpose change. The baptism of the Holy Spirit changes our purpose. You know, the thing about most of us is if we're just really honest, we're very self-centered. By the way, that's the definition of sin. <laughs> Whether it's selfishness, self-righteousness, or self-loathing, the center is still self. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes to change our center. Amen? To put Christ at the center, which is good. And I get a new perspective that comes from God. Not only a new purpose, but suddenly a new passion. Let me read this, what it says in Colossians 3. It says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along with your eyes to the ground, absorbed in things right in front of you. Look up and see and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action ends. See things from his perspective. Amen? How, how many of you want to have a different viewpoint of our world that's gone crazy? There's a God who's as calm as anything. It's all good. You're going to be okay. Amen? In a world today, boy, do we need a new purpose. Well, here's the second thought that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is passion. Why we're doing what we're doing the attitude and the reason that we get out of bed in the morning begins to shift. We begin focusing off of our kingdom and queendom, and we fo focus on God's kingdom. Now, that's an incredible ch focus shift. It's a change, guys, because you, you move from being, uh, you know, we have the center of being pr the presence and the power of God, and that moves into different things that you begin to see there. You move into the area of deliverance and, and salvation for people. You move into the area of greater peace. You have greater justice and righteousness. You look at the world and say, God, we have to be just in this world. You have joy. You have healing. You are building and living out of the community of God. How many of you know this is an incredibly exciting life? What a thing to live for. Like, I get out of bed in the morning and go, Woo! Come on, Jesus! What do you got for me today, God? Not, hmm, hmm, hmm. 
another day on planet Earth. No! It's a good day to be alive. Amen? Amen. And so we see this passion begins. The word passion means intense driving or overmastering feeling or conviction, a strong liking or desire or devotion for some activity, object, or concept. How many of you know when God's at the center, you have a new passion? Now, trust me, I know this. Pastor Greg shifts sometimes back to his old center, and and suddenly he's finding that life is getting dull again. And you're like, what's gone? Well, you stopped looking at me, Greg, and you started looking at you. (sighs) You're right, God. Forgive me. Put it back on center. Amen? And it's interesting, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, you guys, brings enthusiasm. That's a great word. Do you know the word enthusiasm is the word entheos, which means to be in God. It literally translates full of God. You want to be enthusiastic? It's not about painting an Euler's thing on your chest. That's great. Go for it. I mean, have fun. But you want to really be enthusiastic? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with God. Amen? And then that leads us to the third thing that happens when we're filled with God and filled with the Holy Spirit. It gives us power. How we do what we do. Colossians 1 says, To this end I labor, struggling with all His energy, which so powerfully works in me. That word energy, church, is the word dunamis. And it's where we get our word dynamite from. It's like, how are you doing today? Dynamite! You know, like, if you're from the 70s, you get that reference. The rest of you don't have a clue. Look it up. Just type in the word dynamite. What's he talking about? There's a guy. That's what he used to say all the time. How was he doing? Dynamite! That's how you want to be, amen? You want to be filled with the dynamite of God. You want the power, the dunamis of God to fill you so that you can live this life, you guys. Hallelujah. Man, there's a lot of things that draw on you in this life. How many of you know you need a power source that's not from this world? This is what God is calling the church to. And so he's saying, guys, like, turn to me. Let me fill you. I'm going to give you not only purpose, but passion and power. Amen. So this is what I want. I'm in, God. It's part of the first baptism. Three baptisms in one. I mean, come on, God. So I got the baptism of water. I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the problem with Pastor Greg is that there's still too much Pastor Greg left in him. So how does God deal with that? That's the third stage of the baptism. That's the baptism in fire. Whew. Remember John the Baptist? This is is one of his sermons. He's preaching. John intervened. He says, I'm baptizing you here in the river. The man and the main character in this drama to whom I'm a a mere stagehand will ignite the kingdom life, the fire of the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false he will put out with the trash to be burned. Woo! (laughs) And you're like, you're like, 
that's a little too intense for me. I'll just stick with the first level of the baptism, just going into the water. I'm happy with that one. Second one sounds good. I'd like some new power. I like that. I like that going on. But God's going to begin to burn things out of my life, throw it out with the trash, and make me new? Yep. That's all part of it, guys. You can't get away from it, by the way. It's all one baptism. <laughs> Dang, Lord. That's what he says. Remember when, if you don't know this, when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says that like a symbol, like a dove floated down upon him, and the dove symbolizes peace. There was nothing to consume or burn up in his life. He was perfectly whole. Are you guys with me? But what, remember what happened in our story when they were baptized? Tongues of fire. Why? There's still stuff to cleanse. There's still stuff that God's changing in me, transforming me. That's good. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it, God. You see, fire gives light. How many of you like light? Now, when, how many of you like light when it exposes things that are wrong in you? <laughs> Jesus, the woman you put here with me is the one you need to look at. I'm, I'm good. No, 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 no. You got this baptism going on, you guys. It brings light. It exposes the things that God's working on. But he doesn't expose it to kill you or condemn you. He doesn't expose it so that you can fix it yourself. Tracy, that didn't go well for you when you tried to fix it yourself, right? It doesn't work, guys. All he's saying is, give it to me and we're going to finish the work because fire not only gives light, it gives heat. And when we say, God, I invited you into my heart, that you baptized me, Lord. I'm part of the family of God. I've been resurrected into a new life. Now you're filling me with your Holy Spirit, God. Now I have power and purpose and passion, God. And so, Lord, when you start showing me things that are wrong in my life, attitudes I have, it's okay. He's not trying to condemn you. He's just saying, let it go. Let's move on. Let's give that to me. Let me into that moment in your life. Amen? Amen. You know, God loves marriage way for different reasons than we do. The two becoming one is not like, you've heard me say this, like, oh, it's a beautiful bird flying now. No, it's like, it's like, you left the toilet seat up. <laughs> oh, I, I can't tell that story, can I, Betty? No. <laughs> Ask Betty about falling into the toilet because I left the toilet seat up. Just she'll tell you all about it. <laughs> anyway, things that you never do again. Oh, Betty, there's a funny one. I got to tell it. <laughs> oh, baby, please. Do I have permission? No. <laughs> I'll pay for it later, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, Betty. It's too funny. <laughs> 
so <laughs> it's late at night. We have a little attached washroom on our bathroom. I went, got up early. It was like three in the morning. Went to the ba- I sat down on the toilet to do some things, and uh, it's dark. It's winter. Next thing I know, Betty's stumbling into the bathroom. And she doesn't know I'm in there, so I don't say anything. <laughs> and she goes to sit down. I'm like, whoa. It's like, ah! <laughs> Thanks for permission and let me share that, Betty. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I won't be allowed to share that in the second service, so they're not going to hear this story, okay? Okay. Oh, they're never going to hear the rest of the sermon, but I'm going to finish quickly anyway. Here we go. Whoo! <laughs> Night lights suddenly were installed in our whole house. It was awesome. <laughs> oh. oh, Lord, you're good. Acts 19. So we've got a baptism of fire. Check this out. This is kind of a funny story as well. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out of him. Seven sons of Sceva, Jewish chief priests, were doing this. This is unbelievable. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know. And Paul, I've heard about, but who are you? Okay. Then the men who had the evil spirits jumped on them, overpowered them, and gave them such a beating, they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Wow. Now, don't be scared of that. I'm going to pause for a minute before we read on. They didn't know Jesus. They weren't in Christ. Because if they were in Christ, they would have had full authority over those demons. Amen? Amen? So that's why the guy says, I don't know you, because when I look at you, I see you. I don't see Jesus. But when, Je- when the devil looks at you, he sees Jesus. Okay, anyway, the story goes on. Uh, when, this, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery, brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachma. In this way, the word of God spread widely and grew in power. A drachma is a day's wage. 50,000 days wage. It would take you 137 years to earn that money of working every single day. How many of you know that there's fire power happening there? Amen? There's a cleansing that's happening there. There's a repentance that's going on. There's a letting go. There's a trusting. There's a yielding. I I give up, Lord. I give up, God. Finish the work you've started in me, God. Finish the work you've started in me, God. This is all part of the same baptism, church. Let's look at how perfect this baptism really is. Stage one, the water. God's mercy and grace to save us and adopt us and make us his own. The second part, the spirit baptism. Align us with his kingdom, the kingdom of God in purpose, passion, and power. 
and the fire baptism to reveal and transform us so that we become more and more like Christ. Amen? Thanks for joining us today. For more on our messages or information about our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. We hope you have a great week.